surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host. And today I'm going to be joined by a lovely friend of mine who has been on the podcast before. Her name is Les and she's the host of Balanced Black Girl Podcast and also runs the Instagram account Balanced Les. And today we're going to get really honest with just how we're feeling about things. Today this episode is a safe space for the two of us to just kind of process how things on social media have changed in the last two weeks, uh, how Les has grew her following, how my following has changed. And um, again, as always with every episode, we want to enter this with an open heart, open mind, open ears, and ready to learn and ready to you know soak in someone else's experience that might be different from yours with an open heart. Um, and I think that's really important going forward in any kind of conversations, as I've always said, to just accept someone else's experience and story as truth because it is their truth. And really quickly, before we get into this episode, I do just want to share a few things. These are also linked in my Instagram bio um, for all the fun ambassador programs and and resources I have for you guys trying to get y'all as many discounts as possible. Uh, But I know that right now things do feel a bit stressful and most of therapy is being conducted online right now anyway. But also want to offer BetterHelp as a resource for all of you who might be feeling like now is a appropriate time to reach out for some help. Um, you know, not only are we in the midst of a pandemic, but also a revolution. So um, definitely, definitely is okay to get help right now. Um, if you want to head to betterhelp.com, you can use Taymoka to receive uh, your first month essentially of services for 10% off. And again, that link is also listed in my Instagram bio. So be sure to check that out if therapy is something that you are interested in seeking out right now. So we're going to get honest about this today. We're going to talk about processing uh, these white new followers. We're going to talk about um, balancing you know, our own emotional care during this time. We're also going to talk about the pressure to educate on social media um, and kind of process and reflect on even how our blackness is is experienced and, and by others, but also how we experience it. Um, so also really we talk about uh, branding as well, both being in kind of this public space um, it's important, I think, to talk about allyship and branding and these partnerships. So we do touch on that a little bit. And uh, I could keep telling you what we're going to talk about, or I could just let you listen to what we talked about. <laughs> so uh, without any further ado, let's talk about it. All right. Welcome back to the show, Les. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's a bit of a weird, crazy time that we're living in right now. How are you holding up? Yeah, like a lot's happened since last year when I was here the first time. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's uh, our entire universe and lives are very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you now live in LA. I um, do. So yeah, we're not in my kitchen table like we were last time. <laughs> 
<laughs> which was great too. Um, yeah. At least for today, I'm doing pretty good. I have spent like zero time on social media, which has mm-hmm. been great. Actually, yesterday, I yeah. didn't touch a single social media app, which mm. I'm almost like slightly disgusted with myself to say is probably the longest I've gone of not even going in any app probably mm-hmm. since I've had them. Like I've taken breaks from posting, but I've always still still been on it. Popped on and looked around and I just didn't even open them and yeah. my mental state is better than it's been in 2 weeks just from that. Mm. Yeah. No, it does make a huge difference and I mean, I've definitely gone like a weekend usually, but it's like not ever something that I'm super intentional about. It's like, oh, I'm at a conference in the middle of the woods. Like I don't have service. So like I can't use my phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, I think really empowering to like actually take that step and be like, I'm not going to participate in this and I'm just going to focus on like my immediate world. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to get a little bit into just kind of how, all of this happening has kind of changed your world. Um, you already are in wellness space, discussing things like representation and inclusivity. Um, and I'm curious, I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about social media some more since we're kind of already on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, your social media following has grown um, since the last two weeks. Um, can you share a little bit about just kind of how it's grown, like how you've personally felt about that? Yeah. So at least on Instagram alone, I think my personal account, like my balance less account has grown by like 10,000 people in the past, Mm -hmm. like 10 days maybe. And when that started happening, like my initial feeling was panic. (laughs) I just was like, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't like it at all because I could immediately tell why people were following me and it just didn't, yeah. it didn't sit well. Not saying, mm-hmm. oh, all those people need to go unfollow me right now, but I felt like they were coming looking for something. I felt like the action itself was performative and that they were also looking for me to be performative and it didn't feel mm-hmm. good. Yes. No, I, that's very much exactly how I felt. I was like, wait a second. Now I feel this pressure that like I have to show up talking about blackness because that's why people are here now. But really, I hope that they're just here to just expand their worldview, just to allow me to just be me, even if that's not explicitly talking about blackness, that they can still share this space and support me as a follower on my page. But it does feel like a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah, it does. With so many more eyeballs looking at what you're doing. And for me on social media before, I spent like 90% of the time just being goofy. And I'm like, well, I can't Mm -hmm. be goofy right now because one, it doesn't feel as appropriate. And two, (laughs) you know, people don't know me. They don't get my humor. Like I had such a small little community of people that Mm -hmm. really rocked with me and rocked with my message. And I loved that. Because Mm -hmm. when I went from being a fitness blogger to doing Balanced Black Girl, I lost quite a few followers when that happened, which is what I expected. Yeah. And as it rebuilt, like it rebuilt with people who really like rode with my message. And Mm -hmm. I took so much comfort in that. And then now knowing that it's people who like don't get me, who don't get my message, who have maybe not the best of intentions, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, I do really hope that it, people are intentional with their follows. I mean, and that's like, 
that's across the board, right? Like that's always something I think people should be intentional about because that literally are, all of that is what you absorb. Like your feed, you absorb all of that content. And, you know, certainly you might follow a black content creator because you want to diversify your feed, but also like be active on there. Like actually listen, be supportive um, by commenting, by liking, by Venmoing them, pay them for their time and work if they are educating you on this or just if you're actually gaining something from their feed. But it's, it is so strange because it's, I know I've called for some of my followers at times to like interact with each other of like, okay, this person is saying this, that is very obviously racist. So like, who else that follows me here can um, step to this conversation because this isn't one that I need to have. And that to me is like, yeah, if you are going to be like a intentional follower, don't just do the the performative act of just, I'm just going to follow this black person and now I'm anti-racist. <laughs> totally. I mean, I had done a series of Instagram stories where I said, I told y'all to do that years ago. Yup. Yup. <laughs> That's step zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I was talking about this this morning and so many of these things are things that we already knew that like are, are not new for us yep. <laughs> and they're all things that we've already known that we should be doing, right? Like people have always known that like racism is bad and that like you should speak out against racism and that you should diversify your feed, right? That you should have, you know, a well-rounded group of friends that are people that don't just look like you. Um, But now it's taken all of this to get us here to this point. The great awakening. Yeah. All right. I want to take a short break right here because I know that Father's Day is coming up. And while I'm going to have a Father's Day episode next week, um, that's really specific to my own relationships with fathers. Um, I know that finding the perfect present for your dad might be a little tough, um, especially perhaps not having the luxury of being able to be in person with your father on Father's Day, uh, whether you're social distancing or don't live in the same place. Um, I know that more than anything, parents usually Uh, really cherish spending time with family and that might be difficult to not have that option right now. So I want to offer y'all a very connecting um, way to celebrate Father's Day or just in general to connect with your family through StoryWorth. It's a fun and meaningful way to engage with family, especially with, with relatives you might not see very often. This online service helps your loved ones share stories through thought provoking questions about memories and personal thoughts and experiences that they've had. Um, It's the gift of spending time together wherever you live. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions that you've probably never thought to ask. Um, Things like what's been some of your life's greatest surprises? What's one of the riskiest things you've done? Um, Some good questions that help you get a little bit out of the box and into some deeper and just some deeper conversations with your family. Um, you can read the weekly stories as a fun um, bonding experience that helps make your family feel close, even when you might not all be together. And this is my absolute favorite part about this is that after one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo that you chose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that is shipped for free. It's shipped for free. 
And this is a book that your family can treasure literally forever. And I think this is a fantastic way to just kind of like create tradition and create, you know, uh, a longer kind of timeline history within your family. Uh, So I really encourage y'all to give your dad the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth on Father's Day, but also with like any other family member to just start this as a cool tradition. Um, You can get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash L-T-A-I. By going to storyworth.com slash L-T-A-I, you'll get $10 off your first purchase. Again, that's storyworth.com slash L-T-A-I for $10 off. And get going with your stories. Let's, I want to hear some of your stories. <laughs> Definitely check this out um, and hope you stay tuned for next week's Father's Day episode. But with that said, we can get back to the show. How are you staying balanced? Oh, if you are at all. Question. Yeah. Like you might not be balanced and that's okay too. Definitely not. I think I feel the past two weeks I had felt so, so anxious. And I'm someone who... I very much feel things physically. When I get really stressed, Mm -hmm. I'll get migraines. I can feel tension in my body. And I think also being in fitness for so long, I just have so much body awareness that I feel things very physically and I know when I'm tense, when I'm stressed. And so it was just constant, Mm -hmm. like constant physical feelings of anxiety for the past two weeks. Spending less time on my phone the past couple of days has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to also be really intentional with how I spend my time, having my little rituals, Mm -hmm. just having a lot of quiet alone time, which is pretty easy to do in our current state, Mm -hmm. still being like socially distant. Um, But even spending less time on the phone, like I left all of the group chats that I was in. If it was a group chat that had more than like four people, I left all of them so that I would get Mm -hmm. less notifications. Like I've just pared all the way down. Yeah. Do you have uh, like white friends texting you being like, how are you doing? I'm so sorry. I didn't know this before. Kind of. I would say of, of those people that are doing that, I don't really consider them that close of friends. So yeah, I definitely have white friends. None of this is new to my white friends. And I'm very grateful to have non-black people in my life who understood you know, that these things were happening before this and who I have talked about my experiences in black, in blackness, being black long before this. So of the people Mm -hmm. that are close to me that I truly consider friends, like I didn't get any of those. I did get those from people that I'm not as close with. Um, and I have like little canned responses that I give people, (laughs) Yeah, which I don't feel bad about. Um, yeah. Because it's to protect my own peace. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's, you know, I think, again, like in certain ways, it's helpful to generalize, but in other situations, it's not. And like, you just need to be like direct and think about specifically between you and that person. Like, some black people might not want white people to check on in, on them at all and be like, well, how the fuck do you think I am? Like, that might not be like, this isn't a conversation I want to have with you right now. Um, but other people might be like, yeah, it's hurtful that I haven't heard from, you know, my white friends. Um, and I think for me personally, it's like kind of a balance. It's like mm-hmm. if I'm your friend, if I'm legitimately your friend, then yeah, you should check in with me as you normally would. Yep. 
you know? But it's been hard for me because there have been some people that, like, I've been friends with literally since I was a child that I have just silence. Mm -hmm. Just pure silence. (laughs) Just, like, post on social media like normal. You know, usually we would have already chatted several times throughout the month and just nothing. And, like, that's really hurtful. Definitely. It's so strange. I think... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I think it, people get really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in feeling like they need to have the right thing to say when in situations like this, there is no right thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it does become paralyzing for people, which is like, that doesn't do anything for you. And it doesn't do anything for me. Well, it does do something for you. It keeps you in a position of like comfort which clearly has not been productive for our culture. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Um, And I'm wondering, like, I do want to talk a bit more about, like, that emotional peace part because you're someone that I feel like has always been so strict with yourself on that and, like, so unapologetic about it where I've been like, yeah, like, she's inspiring me right now. Like, yeah, (laughs) fuck that noise. Um, Where, you know, the last time we recorded, um, you know, I don't remember if it was actually during the recording or after when we were talking, but you just had this very like assertive approach of like, no, like I'm not having those conversations. Like that's not my job to like educate white people on blackness. Like, no, I don't have any time for that. (laughs) And I remember I was just like, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and is that still like sticking up today? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think about that perspective. I think about what I'm good at and I'm like, what am yeah. I good at? I'm a really good hype woman. I'm good at like putting people onto things. I'm good at introducing folks to people who mm-hmm. can, you know, help them do like, that's, that's what I do. That's what I do with my platform because that's what I'm good at. Yeah. I know myself. I'm not the best teacher. And I sure as hell do not have the patience to educate folks on things like this. So me having that boundary is one, largely for myself and my own self-care, but also Mm -hmm. two, to benefit those people who, when they ask me and my fuse gets short, it's like, I'm trying to do us both (laughs) a favor. They might not like it. (laughs) You're not going to like it. Like if the fragility is a thing, you don't want to come to me with those problems because I'm I just don't have the patience for it. Mm -hmm. And me having that self-awareness is like, let me protect us both and step into the role that I'm good at. And these amazing educators Mm -hmm. who have the patience, who want to do that work, can do that work. And I can direct people towards them. Yeah. I mean, maybe I need to take a little bit more of your approach. (laughs) (laughs) Because I might not be doing either of us favors when I'm like saying this shit because... I definitely have reached a place where I know, you know, I did not go to school for social justice or racial justice. Like that's not, that's not my expertise, but I've lived it. So I do try to share like from my own perspective Mm -hmm. and like my reality of things, which is very different than saying like, I'm going to sit here and like, you know, educate you on this. Um, But I think people take it the same. Like people take just you even sharing your experience in blackness as like an attack on their whiteness, as an attack on our culture, as a, you know, as a, as a lecture, lecture, as a, um, educational session when it's not. 
Yeah. Like it has the capability to, if you let it, but that like, that's not my role there. Oh, definitely. But I like that. Yeah. I've told like people, that. you know, I'm an expert in my experience. That is my mm-hmm. only expertise is what I have experienced. So yes, I can see how I've been impacted by different parts of these systems, but I can't necessarily break down everything about it that, you know, folks need to know. And I also think that there's so much self-reflection that needs to happen in this where people are like, I want to learn how to be a better ally. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, if I don't know you, I don't know the ways in which you aren't. You know the ways in which you aren't. So you need to examine your own behavior and really sit in that and think about the different ways of, Mm -hmm. hey, who was on the receiving end of behavior towards me that I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end from? And how do I think about Mm -hmm. that and approach that differently? I think there needs to be a whole lot more of that as opposed to folks coming to us, wanting us to fix Mm -hmm. them. It's like, I don't know you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what microaggressions you're having in your daily life. You do. (laughs) So you need to examine your own behavior. True. So true. Y'all might want to just like, 30 second rewind on that and listen to that like one more time because that was perfect. Yeah. I don't know what kind of microaggressions you're having. Like that's for you to examine and reflect on. Um, God, that was so good. Yeah. I just always like to, I like to answer questions with more questions. (laughs) When people ask me me questions, I don't want to answer. Yeah. I'm just like, let me give you a question right back. Yes. All right. I want to take a short break right here to share a resource that I've mentioned before on the podcast and on Instagram that has really helped me with my own personal care. (laughs) Um, Y'all know that I am very, very adamant about masturbation and that self-personal self-pleasure being a very, very valid form of uh, self-care. And I got to say, it's definitely been a little bit tough to get in the mood these days, but um, thankfully I have had plus one at my side. Um, Jill is the air pulser rouser that I use. (laughs) At least that's what I've named her. And uh, she is available at Target um, as well as their new wand actually. And the wands are really great because you don't have to use them exclusively on your genitals. You can use them all over your body. So they're very, uh, you know non-gender conforming, any gender that you are, just human friendly, um, the wand. So you can be sure to check those out at Target and uh, the air pulsing arouser, which I love. Again, Jill, very dear friend of mine, (laughs) um, is also available um, at Walmart in Canada. So you can check them out at www.walmart.ca to find your plus one. And with that, we can now get back to the show. I don't know how much this relates to this conversation specifically, but something, you know, just as we do talk about some of the difficulties with our world changing right now in terms of our own personal process, like I've had, and it's a little bit different because I'm biracial, I'm half black, half white, but I've had like my blackness called into question and like examined and judged and one of the ways that, you know, as I look back and I have already talked a bit about my experience of being biracial. We talked about it on your podcast Mm -hmm. on Balanced Black Girl. Um, And one big piece of that for me has been like embracing my curls. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like how your relationship with your blackness 
changed, if at all, when, because when you were in the fitness space, your hair was typically straight most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, and as you transitioned out of that, you transitioned into more with your natural curls. Definitely. It's been really interesting, my relationship with my hair related to my blackness, because I am not biracial and I didn't grow up. I grew up in a very diverse environment with a lot of people. So the schools that I went to were primarily black kids and in Asian Seattle, kids in Seattle. Is... It, it was like the one little bubble of kind of one of the few <laughs> diverse areas. Um, yeah. and, and we had like white kids there, but not not as many. And I think that there are differences in behavior from white kids who are kind of used to being a minority versus those who are used to being a majority. So even the white kids Mm -hmm. I grew up around, they're not the ones having their awakening this week. I can tell you that. Um, And I've seen things that folks that I grew up with have posted because they know because they were around it. And, but for me, I still, even having Mm -hmm. a black mom, she always straightened her hair. And so when I was younger, I wanted to straighten my hair because I saw her do it. And her mom did it. And so mm-hmm. it, there was kind of that generational piece where I, it took me a bit longer to come around mm-hmm. to my natural hair. Um, but for me in my blackness, it was always there. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm not biracial. I'm not very ambiguous looking. <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious that I'm a black yeah. woman. Um, but for me, I think when I got to college in my years after college, when I was working in fitness, that was kind of my first time truly feeling like a minority. And I know we talked about this a bit the last time I was Mm -hmm. on the podcast. And so a lot of it was just me kind of trying to blend in, feeling like that's what I needed to do to get ahead was assimilating. And I didn't love it, but Mm -hmm. it was just kind of what I felt like I needed to do until I finally was like, I just want to be fully myself and anybody who doesn't Mm -hmm. like it is just going to have to not like it because this is who I am and where I'm at. But I honestly feel like Mm -hmm. embracing my curls is kind of when my life truly began. That just gave me (laughs) such feels. Right? And even better, my mom now wears her hair in curls all the time. And since I started doing Mm -hmm. it, like she did it, and this is probably the longest that in her you know, adult life that she's worn her curly hair. And so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it goes all different directions. Yeah, that just gave me such feels because (laughs) it really is. I mean, my mom's white, which is a whole other separate conversation about how everything's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, you know, she made a comment back in January. It's not, it's, somewhat rare that I do have my hair straight in these days. And, um, I was on a sexcation. So like the curls were really hard to maintain. So I was like, I'm straightening this shit because like it's a lot of sex happening. Um, and (laughs) as I was straightening my hair on the phone with her, you know, she had made a comment about how, um, like, oh, it's been so long since you've straightened your hair. Like, oh, like it's always looked like so pretty like that. Like, I like it so much better when you have it straightened. Mm. Like the curls are kind of a newer thing that you've done. And like, it's so nice to see it straight again. And I was just kind of like, mm. yeah. And like intention versus impact. It was intended to be a compliment, but impact, not so great. Yeah. Um, where I was like, you know, Again, a whole other conversation around biracial and having a white parent, but um, where it has felt like me wearing my hair curly has been more of like me coming into like my true self of like embracing that. And I mean, hair itself is a whole topic, but it's, um, 
it's been interesting just as as our culture is shifting to a bit of a focus on blackness and what that means and what that looks like. I think people do have specific images of what that is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, having a history of straightening my hair means that I've, you know, that I'm not, that I'm less black, right? Um, that doesn't take away my black experiences. That's for damn sure. People had no problem telling me to go pick cotton when I had straight hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's, I don't know how it's, how all of this coming up has impacted your feelings around blackness or or your reflections around blackness and what that means, like in today's world, whether it's like from everything happening with the cops or just people in general having their awakenings of like how that feels for you. Something as I like hit my microphone, something that (laughs) I think about a lot which I'm like, okay, here can be a silver lining. So many of our definitions in our society revolve around whiteness. Like I think of Mm -hmm. on the topic of hair, the Crown Act, which passed last year in a handful of states where employers cannot discriminate against essentially their black employees for having natural hair. Mm -hmm. We've seen countless news stories of students, adults, whatever, not getting jobs, getting kicked out of school, getting their locks cut to participate in sporting events. Like it's the, the bill that outlaws that. And I think about what the definitions of professional looking and acceptable looking are, and they all revolve around whiteness. And I'm really, really hoping that those definitions can just really go out the window with all of these shifts that we're seeing right now. That's Mm -hmm. my hope. That's, that's my hope too. Um, and I think that's something, especially as a therapist too, that I have like reflected on because So much of the time throughout my schooling, I would make sure that my hair was straight going into session. And and again, I was predominantly working with white people Mm -hmm. um, and and at least in the private practice space, but feeling like this pressure of if I go into a job interview, like I'm going to need to make sure my hair straightened before I go in. And like the fact that uh, that only passed what you said that was last year. Yeah. In like five states or something. It's not even nationwide. Like the fact that that even has to be a thing tells you that there's some serious shit going on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> tells you that there's some serious, serious shit going on. Um, and on this topic of professionalism, I mm-hmm. want to shift gears a little bit to branding. Mm-hmm. And I know that part of what you and I have talked about and even um, this is actually your third time on the podcast because you were at the is live it? podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> so, um, but like in that episode, in the live podcast episode, which was about a, a little over a year ago now, yeah. um, I'm talking about like how brands can actually, you know, have representation. And I'm wondering how that's changed at all for you in the last few weeks or just, you know, talking a little bit first, maybe about what that's been like up until now. Yeah. Gosh, that's such a good question. I Working with brands is still something that I've yet to fully figure out. Like it's something that mm-hmm. still doesn't happen consistently enough. Like it's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the income that I live off of. It's what sustains yeah. my business, but I, I still don't fully feel like I've gotten the hang of it yet. Mm-hmm. I have had yeah. some kind of uncomfortable conversations with brands in terms of 
how I, you know, write things, how I create content, capitalizing the B in black when I'm doing a sponsored blog post. Like I've had those conversations, which have been a little bit uncomfortable, but I will also say over the past Mm -hmm. week and a half that I've gotten um, a lot of brands following me that like never gave me the time of day before. Um, brands reaching out and wanting to get in touch and explore something, being very curious about my podcast when they weren't interested before. So it's very interesting that people are now seeing the value. And I used to really Mm -hmm. question the value of both myself and my work when those conversations didn't go well before. And I had to do a lot of internal work to really see like what I'm doing is valuable and I don't need a brand to, you know, justify that. Absolutely. But And I'm glad that I got to that place before this because otherwise I probably would have been a little bit more Mm -hmm. caught up in some of the the offers and things happening now. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, And I think we briefly touched on this before recording too, but even in the space of just like you being on other podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. People now wanting to like amplify your voice that, again, wouldn't have given you the time of day before. I got the weirdest email last week from this big like media company that they wanted to set up some time to record this week. And it was very cryptic. It was like, we want to set up just like a 30 minute call. We're creating a safe space for women of color. We want to have you. Oh, are you? And I was just, I responded back and I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get a response to this email, but it was bullet points. I was like, interesting because (laughs) my platform that I've been building for several years is just that. And I was like, I'm just, before I agree to this, can you give me a little bit more information? So who all is going to be involved? How can Mm -hmm. you tell me that this is a safe space for women of color? What are you doing to create a safe space? Who's participating in this? Am I being interviewed? Am I interviewing someone? Who's benefiting from this? Is the audience women of color? And what are we doing to appeal to that? I just had all of these questions. Haven't gotten a response Mm -hmm. back. (laughs) Like 10 bullets. (laughs) Because it's just buzzwords. They were just saying buzzwords. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and good for you for holding them accountable on that. Um, I'm going to read this email that I received. Um, I'm not going to say what brand this was, but it's a brand that I have tried to work with in the past. I do have Mm -hmm. their products. I have shared them in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have watched them partner with countless white women in the wellness space and have yet to partner with me when we've been in communication in the past. So this was the email I received. I'm reaching out about a pivot we are making here at blank. As a brand in the wellness space, we recognize that there is lots to be done to make quote wellness feel more inclusive and recognize the beauty and diversity that exists in a space that can feel less than so. Starting immediately, we want to use our longtime Wellness Wednesdays space to amplify and celebrate diverse voices in the wellness community. What does this mean? We would love to share Taylor Nolan's account and a short description of who she is and what she does to feel her absolute best, whether that is physically, mentally, or emotionally. We'd love to feature her in the next few weeks if she is aligned. We don't need anything from you besides the okay to participate. We'll do all the creative design on our end and send to her... uh, for approval before posting. This was my response. (laughs) Well, my agent's response that I crafted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, 
we could maybe justify this had we partnered in the past, but because we haven't, and there is now an increase in companies attempting to di- diversify their branding uh, by capitalizing on Taylor's likeness and being a woman of color, that unfortunately we would feel uncomfortable with this form of performative allyship. Taylor would love to partner with Blank as she's wanted to work with the company in the past and is a big fan of the products. We would ideally like to create a longer-term partnership that is mutually beneficial. In order to partner with Blank's support in amplifying and celebrating diverse voices in Wellness Wednesdays, we would require compensation. We also hope that Blank is providing the other women of color that the brand will be capitalizing on and benefiting from branding with for using their likeness in a true step towards supporting BIPOC voices. Taylor would, al- would also be happy to share some BIPOC who are experts in the wellness space and have been working for years on bringing inclusivity into the space for blank to connect with for Wellness Wednesdays. Boom. And I just, yes, it is a step. And like, I appreciate that. However, I don't think it is actual allyship for brands to just want to amplify your voice and just put you on their page without compensating you. Because to me, that's totally performative and that you are then going to capitalize on and benefit your branding on by using other people's blackness, Mm -hmm. by using their fucking, like in this time that I was like, uh, you're not just like an individual who's saying like, these are content creators we love. You're a brand who has almost exclusively only partnered with other, with white women. Mm -hmm. So no, if you're going to amplify these voices, you're going to compensate them for marketing them on your page. Like that's taking an actual step in a more solidified form of allyship than just, yeah, we're just going to post you on our page. And honestly, that's so reactive. Like I just hear knee jerk reaction. No, take a few weeks, go through your budget, set aside some dollars, like work on a campaign to properly amplify and work with these folks and pay them for what they're doing. And it's okay if you take a beat. In fact, I think a lot of people and a lot of brands need to take a beat and be a bit more thoughtful with what they're doing Mm -hmm. to do it right. As opposed to just get something out there. Yeah. And, and then also not pay them Yeah. when like you haven't partnered with women of color in the past and then you want to use them on your page without paying that. I was just all around. Mm-hmm. And when it's like, it's a brand that I literally have already reached out to, to be like, Hey, I'd love to partner. And you didn't want me then, but now you want me. Exactly. And, it, and, and they want to short, like, you know, short change you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, excuse Mm-mm. me. <laughs> excuse me. And And I think too, getting that on podcasts as well. Like I've been on several podcasts in the last two weeks that like I had been pitched to in the past Mm -hmm. that have known of me, definitely could have had me on. But now that it's a conversation around blackness and Mm -hmm. they don't really know any other black people, Mm -hmm. now now they want it. And it's like on one hand, it's... It's work, so it's like, yeah, part of me feels like, okay, I'm going to take that. But on the other hand, I'm like, it's kind of such a slap in the face. I got an email from a young woman who, again, attention, intention versus impact. She emailed me and said that she comes from a very small town. She, you know, 
has not personally been around any black people. She's from a very small, all-white town. That following me on Instagram, and I, she didn't follow me last week. I think she's been following me for a while. But following mm-hmm. me on Instagram was her first introduction to blackness and then asked me to come on her podcast. And I was like, in my head, no. Like, no. What? You've never interacted with a black person before outside of following me on Instagram and you want to bring me onto a podcast where your audience has also probably never interacted with black people before? If That's not a safe space. Yeah. And I don't feel safe walking into that. And so I replied to her, just letting her know, like, thank you so much for your support. I am going to politely decline this request because I didn't want her to feel bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not, she ain't ready and her audience yes. isn't ready. And I think what brands and influencers who are trying to also, you know, jump on this bandwagon need to understand is mm-hmm. when you create a platform, when you create a brand, whatever, like you, whether you like it or not, are a leader as a brand. Yeah. You are leading the consumers. You are leading the people who follow you. And so if you're going to bring us into these spaces, you need to ensure that your platform is safe and prepared for us to be there. Otherwise, you're just throwing us in unsafe situations just so that Mm -hmm. you look like you cared about something that you clearly don't care about. Yeah. But I think that's where a lot of people's intent, that's where a lot of people's unfortunate focus or motivation is in these things Mm -hmm. is just, I want this to look good. I want to be a part of this. Like, I think that this is what's going to help. So like, I'm going to jump to do it. And it's like, no, like take a step back, sit with that for a second, like, and then actually figure out a way that, that you can respond that is going to have the, you know, positive impact that you want it to. Um, I would have so much more respect to like outside of that email that brand sent you, if a brand sent an email like that, but instead said, Like we acknowledge that we have not done a good job working with voices of different people. Here's Mm -hmm. what we're doing to change it. Here's what we'd like to offer you. That is, admit it, fess up to it. Don't be like, oh, now we care today. Yeah. (laughs) And, and in that it's like, acknowledge that you hadn't in the past. And instead of just saying, we just want to share you on our social and like give you a shout out. Like that's not actually partnering with me. That's Mm -hmm. not really actually diversifying your brand. That's just performative allyship and you feeling like your brand aesthetic is on par with how the culture is shifting. And Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm being used and a hundred percent feels like I'm being used. And for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't mind if you use me, but pay me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but for pay sure. Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, one hundred percent. No, I I love what you said too of like acknowledging that of like yeah. fessing up. I mean, even like Justin Bieber, literally, like his Instagram <laughs> post was like, "I have been inspired. I have benefited," and I was like, "Yeah, say it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's it. <laughs> Acknowledge it." Hmm. Yeah, and I think. Brands are really scared too. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. That might sound mean, but I don't. This is a safe space. Oh, for <laughs> where sure. we get to say that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's dehumanizing because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, am I a prop or am I a person? Yes. Yes. It feels like we're fucking props. Mm-hmm. To better their Instagram feed so that other white people who purchase their products don't feel guilty and bad supporting their company 
who is predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, actually, I, what I forgot to tell you, I got a message from a brand last week because I put together this like giant Google spreadsheet of all of these like healing resources for black folks right now because it is traumatic AF. So yeah. I put together this big spreadsheet of like mental health resources. Here's where to find a therapist. Here's a bunch of places to get free therapy. Like here's a bunch of black owned self-care brands. Here's mm-hmm. people to follow on IG if you're looking to heal. All yeah. of these things. So I had a brand message me and say, we love the spreadsheet you put together. Can we reference it for some things that we're creating? And I was like, tell me a little bit more. What are you trying to mm-hmm. reference? What are you creating? And they were like, well, we wanted to create some highlights of mental health resources. So we want to create highlights of what you, of like what's in your spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh, so I did all this work curating these resources to help my people and you want to graphic design it and take credit mm-hmm. for it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You going to pay me? <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, friends, Yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, it just, it all feels, it does feel dehumanizing. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's like, you feel like a prop. And again, you know, I know like for the white people that are listening to this, that like, all of us saying this isn't to like make you feel like shit, but it's like also recognize where sometimes it kind of makes black people feel like shit. Oh yeah. And we shouldn't have to apologize for that. And we also don't need to like help you process through that at all. Like where, where were my white friends helping me process through the racism that I was experiencing? Where would I at? That is an excellent question. <laughs> they, they, not a single one of them was there. In fact, the one that had been there then turned around and called me the N word. And serious? then I was like, I'm running away. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was like the one person that would like stand up for me. Like when other people would make fun of me, be racist, bully me. And then I don't even remember. I think it was like, some guy that she had liked had flirted with me or something. I don't even remember. And yeah, it was on AIM on AOL Messenger. And she like literally called me it. And I was like, are you serious right now? And then she like, she called me it not just once, but she called me it twice. <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, like that's exactly what I meant. Like you're a N word and like blah, blah, blah. Like don't be friends anymore. And then that was when I was like, I'm running away from home. And tried to run away from South Carolina back to Seattle. I mean, I am so mortified by that story. And I'm so sorry that that happened. And it's also terrifying that something as simple as a boy she liked liking you or whatever. So immediately it's weaponized and that's immediately the card you pull out. Yep. Like really, that's the first, that's the first inclination is to go there when that happens. Yeah. And that was like the thing that she knew would hurt me the most and was the thing that she had apparently not very, not very uh, authentically mm-hmm. tried to like protect me from and like support me through. And that's where it's like, yeah, that's why it's like, 
it is hard to trust all these things happening because it's like, yeah, someone that I did think when I was younger was going to be there to actually have my back and like support me in that, then literally turned around and, and weaponized it and used it against me. And it's traumatic, honestly. It is. Well, and I'm so glad that you brought up trust because I think that that is something, I think anti-racism education, great. I think wanting to be an ally, great. But I think a big aspect of that is trust. There has to be trust built to better that relationship. And I don't Mm -hmm. think folks are doing the work to really earn trust and uh, honestly deem themselves trustworthy to be allies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's... It is just this jump of like, well, I want to be an ally. Like, go be an ally. Like, be an ally. And it's like, A, you don't get to determine whether or not you are an ally. Mm -hmm. Like, that's for people of color to determine about you. And that's a day-to-day thing. It's not like, oh, today you were an ally. Yeah. It's not like today you were an ally, so now you're an ally forever. And I feel like the, the conversation around being an ally these days is just like it's a badge you get to wear because you post a black photo on your feed that you support Black Lives Matter. It's the opposite. I actually think being a true ally is when you're willing, you're willing to do the things that nobody actually sees. Yeah. The things that happen kind of beneath the surface. That, <laughs> I don't know why I got a list all of a sudden. <laughs> the surface that nobody sees mm-hmm. that goes so low key. Last week I was tagged in this God awful post with this graphic of like a white hand handing a black hand a microphone. And it yep, said, I've seen that. did you see that? Mm-hmm. And I sent it to a few of my friends and was just like, what even is this? And so, a few of my really, you know, close white girlfriends went in the comment section and were like, no, like none mm-hmm. of these women you're mentioning need you to give them anything. What you need to do is actually listen to what they're saying. And they went in the comments and were like, you don't need to say anything. This is one of us. We're going to take educating her. And they took mm-hmm. that on. And it's like, nobody really saw it. Nobody knew that those women commenting, educating her were my friends or were doing it because they saw it happen to me. Like that yeah. is allyship. It's the stuff that nobody's going to give you a gold star for or see, but is actually still really impactful. And lo and behold, I magically had an apologies in my DMs like an hour later. <laughs> That's some work right there. Mm -hmm. And even that, I mean, just to speak on like that piece specifically, that like whole pass the mic thing, um, on one hand, yes, it is, you know, listen, which does require you to not talk for a minute. But at the same time, like you've been able to sit as a white person, you've been able to sit in a place of silence your entire life on this. So like to be an ally yeah, you are going to listen, but that's also where you're going to speak up. Like you said, your friends commenting back on that, like that's them taking what they've learned and using it and speaking it. So this whole like, I'm going to pass over, you know, my feed to this black person so that we can amplify their voice. I'm like, yeah, but also like people follow you because they want to hear from you. And it's going to be much more powerful, like, for you to take that work on and step outside of your comfort zone of being a white person and to talk about this. And it's like, that just feels like extra pressure. Like, the podcast I have been on, I'm like, oh, God, now I have to come in here as, like, this expert on fucking blackness when 
through the entire conversation, not once do we even discuss my actual experience as a person of color. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Which I hadn't really thought about until I just now said. But like, yeah, every time it is this like, feels like this passing of the mic of like, okay, you tell us what to do now. You tell us what, what all this is about. Mm -mm. And I'm not, mm -mm. and I've declined. I've gotten quite a few requests like that. And I've, my little politely decline thing, because that's what I'm doing. I'm not telling nobody to do anything. I'm telling black people to rest and take care of themselves. Those, that's yeah. who I'm telling to do what. Everyone else mm-hmm. can examine their behavior, dig into the thousands of resources that have been yeah. inundated on the internet. Nobody can say that they now don't know what book to read, who to follow. Nobody yeah. can say that anymore. It's out there. Now it's time to dig into it and actually mm-hmm. apply it. Yeah, someone actually commented on my last post and was like, can someone please explain what POC stands for? I tried Googling it. Can someone tell me? And I was like, what? What? Mm-mm. And Ooh, yeah, Lord. I just, I mean, I, I had been thinking about you when all of this was starting to come up because before all of this came up was when, I don't know if you saw this, but Hannah Brown, the previous Bachelorette. Oh, I had, saw that. Yeah. So all of that came up mm-hmm. and where I was like, I was like, I don't even want to say some shit about this. Like y'all already know what this is. And that's kind of the one thing I did say. Um, but even like starting off doing that, it it does feel like, because as you said, you know, your following was like this like safe space of people who like were really in it with with your mission and with your values and how you showed up on your page. And for me, it's been a little bit more like practice in curating that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks there that are just like, we want to hear bachelor things. Um <laughs> Where I'm like, y'all ain't going to like what I got to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you maybe going to learn some things yep. if you're open to it. Um, but yeah, where it has felt like I've leaned in a little bit to the pressure of feeling like I do have to educate and talk about these things. But I had been thinking of you and thinking back to that moment that like really did stick with me where you were like, no, I'm not educating these people. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like yeah. I, I should es- establish a little bit more boundaries for myself on that because I do have a lot of thoughts and opinions on like what, in, what white influencers should be doing. And, you know, my thing is like, people haven't known what to do and they've been asking, what do they do? And so I'm like, let me tell you what I would, what I would think you should do. <laughs> yeah. Which is still so valuable. It's, I mean, I, I go back and forth with it so much because it's like, I can't tell you how to not be racist. I didn't tell you how to be racist. So what am I supposed to do? What What do you want me to tell you? Yes. <laughs> like, truly, I was just born as a black person. We don't all come pre-installed with anti-racism apps that with every yeah. iOS update, every iteration or generation that comes yep. through, just we know what to do. I'm to like, email I don't know out to, to all the white people to let them know exactly what the update is. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know why you do the things that you do. I don't know mm-hmm. why you treat black people differently. I mean, I do, but like, I'm not in your head when you're making those decisions. So how yeah. am I supposed to undo that for you when we have such a finite amount of energy that I, I mean, energy is currency, like our time, our money, Mm -hmm. our energy. 
And when I think about where I want my energy to go, I want it to go towards people who truly need help. And like our community needs a lot of things. And a lot of the things that we need are because these systems are so built up against us that I want to support those I want to support those people because that to me feels like a better return on investment than spending all of my energy getting so stressed trying to teach somebody and then they may turn around and still do the same thing or not even apply to education. And they're going to tone police you and they're like, Jilly's going to come out and then you got to console. I can't do it. And then what? And then my heart rate goes up and I'm stressed and then I succumb to those same things that plague our community. I mean, it's a vicious Mm -hmm. cycle and I... I just refuse to do it. I want to be a part of the solution that helps the people that actually need the help. Yeah. And you clearly already are and do that on a daily basis. Um, The resource packet that you put together, (laughs) is that on your Instagram? Yeah. Yep. So it's at balanceblackgirl.com slash guide. Yeah. It's also in the link in my profile that just has a lot of curated resources for folks Mm -hmm. who need support if you're really struggling right now or just looking for ways to take care of yourself, looking for virtual events to attend or where to stream a yoga class led by uh, Black instructors. It has all of that information Mm -hmm. there. And I'm also, um, I have a little form linked in it where people can suggest things. So I'm updating it weekly with more things Mm -hmm. as I learn about them. So yeah, amazing. And I really hope that the 10,000 followers that you have gained who I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say are mainly white women mm-hmm. um, that they find your Venmo to send you money for the work that you do and for how th- just through your content they are learning, which is their intention in following you in the first place. Um, what is your Venmo? Oh, what is my... I think it's L Money 0821 But if you look up my name, it pops up. Okay. I yeah, I think that's my Venmo. Well, I'm going to put that in it's the It's like 10 years old, notes. so it's like an AIM name, so don't judge <laughs> right, well, me for that. We got to reactivate that shit, girl. <laughs> you got to reactivate that shit. Um, yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I definitely, you know, the last episode, well, not the last one, the episode before this, uh, White People with Robin D'Angelo mm-hmm. was so much emotional energy and planning and and editing together and covering all this Hannah Brown bullshit. And um, I was just like, yeah, I just want to be like really real for a minute about like how this is impacting (laughs) Um, and just seeing the change in all of this. Um, So definitely appreciate, you know, we were just having an Instagram DM conversation (laughs) and I was like, this needs to be a podcast. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you having me. I mean, like I said, I've gotten a lot of offers to do things and I've said no, if it's something that doesn't feel like a safe space or if people have never talked about this stuff before, I I have said no. And so obviously I know you, so I know that this is a safe space and I knew we were going to have a great conversation. So thanks for having me. Of course. Um, and where all can people find you to yeah. check out the podcast, check out your page, all the things? Oh, all the fun things. Yeah. So Balance Black Girl, new episodes every other Tuesday where we interview Black women health and wellness experts. Taylor's been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you can start with her episode. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on Instagram at Balance Black Girl Podcast and at Balanced Less. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I hope, I know you always end your episodes with like, you know, 
how are you balanced? How do you maintain <laughs> being a balanced black girl? What does that mean to you? And I'm yeah. like, that's a really good question. And like, I should definitely have a question I ask people at the end of every episode. Um, but the community loves it and people look forward yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they're like, how is this woman who now I've learned all this about, like, how did she maintain balance? Um, and we did briefly touch on that at the beginning, um, of the episode, but curious, you know, going forward, maybe with the rest of the week of how mm-hmm. you do plan on maintaining balance in, in, in our state of the world. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing, and I, I know I sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but less time on my phone, less mm-hmm. time on my phone, notifications off, less time on my phone, time outside. Yesterday, I went on the most mm-hmm. beautiful hike that was like 15 minutes from my apartment. And it was like a beautiful canyon mm-hmm. view of the ocean like mountains, just mm-hmm. time outside, fresh air, moving my body, being away from my phone. Like those are without fail always. Yeah. I I need to do some of that this week. I might go up to Orcas Island mm-hmm. for a day yes. and do that a little bit. But thank you so, 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 so much. <laughs> like you, honestly, I keep hearing your voice in my head of like, that's not my job to educate. Like, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> Where I'm like, <laughs> it's helping me establish some boundaries with myself. So thank you again for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.